You're listening to Witch Police Radio, episode number seven. Uh, this is a bit of an unusual episode. It's our first one back after the holidays. Uh, we missed a couple weeks in there. And uh, this week's episode's theme is fire. Um, we got some really good music on here and some interesting conversation, but unfortunately it got cut a little short. We did this at a different location, and uh, time constraints just made it hard for us to finish the, the entire show we wanted to do. So it's a little weird one. It kind of gets cut off at the end, but uh, it's still good, and we're still happy people are listening. Uh, speaking of listening, starting on January 21st, you're going to be able to hear this show on 101.5 UMFM in Winnipeg and online at umfm.com. Uh, you can also hear it, as usual, every week on Witch Police, uh, witchpolice.blogspot.com, which is where the brand new episodes will be. Uh, UMFM is going to be playing some of the older episodes and then eventually getting to the newer ones as well. So Witch Police Radio is going to be on the actual airwaves as well as the internet, so check it out. Enjoy the show. Maybe you guys should like lean in a little or something. I'll just project. <laughs> I'm having trouble controlling the volume of my voice. So are we up to date? Like this will be next, or did we miss any? Week? We, we missed like two weeks. Oh, did we? Because the holidays, we missed the Christmas weekend, the New Year's week, right? That sure is insane. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. So this is Witch Police Radio episode number seven, I think. And you missed. We we didn't do it a couple past couple weeks because the holidays and whatnot. But yeah, we're back in business. Eat a lot. Can't talk as much. Yeah, I guess we better, we better catch up and do a bunch like before I go to Europe. Yeah, well, it's like we gotta do a lot, yeah. But um, not today because we don't have enough music here. This is a different location, so if it sounds different, like if it sounds more. Um, is it recording? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> good, good start. Yeah. It's it's warmer. I don't know if that comes across. I don't know if you can tell. No, maybe there's probably like some kind of patchouli scent going on here too. I don't know if that comes through. A lot of garlic and onion. Yeah, I smelled that cooked like, into yeah, these yeah, yeah. walls. Yeah. So yeah, we're at Joan's place right now. Um, I don't think it matters really for... Welcome, Witch Police. Yeah. Thanks for coming by. So uh, the first one after the holiday break there is this one. And it's called Fire. Well, it's not called Fire, but the theme is Fire. And um, I don't know. It's the same thing as usual. One word. Are we supposed to introduce ourselves? Yeah, we should do that maybe. I'm Sam. Rob. Jean. All right. So yeah, theme's Fire. Um... And like usual, we kind of pick a one-word theme and pick music that's related to it, depending on how we see fit, you know. So it's not necessarily always song on fire in the title. They might, but well, yeah, you'll you'll listen and we'll see. We will see. So the first thing I decided to pick is um, a song by the Blood Brothers. Every time I say it fast, it comes with Blood, Blood Brothers. Um, the song is called "Set Fire to the Face on Fire." It's first song on their album Young Machetes, which was their last album, I think, before they broke up. Who are the Blood Brothers? They are from Seattle, and they were around in the late 90s to the mid to late 2000s. And uh, they're pretty awesome. Uh, apparently it's post-hardcore, whatever that is. <laughs> I mean, I, every time I see post in a genre, I don't really... Right, doesn't like, I, I necessarily it, mean much. It doesn't evoke... Like, I mean, it, you know, you see like grunge, it's like, okay, I can figure out what that is, like... Post-hardcore, I mean, hardcore... But like, it's like by saying you're, you're post-something... Influenced by it? You're, you're almost saying that you are that, because yeah. you can't yeah. be post and without that. Yeah, so maybe it's just like you are that, but it's not in the thriving time of that particular... Yeah, it's like a new, newer version of, of like, take off from that. I mean, there's obviously hardcore influence in this stuff, for sure. But, uh, yeah, so that's what I've, I've seen them described as. I don't really know how to describe it. It's it's heavy, it's loud, they got two singers. Um, a lot of the songs have keyboard in it. I don't... Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's just... That's probably what makes them post-punk is the keyboard. Yeah, maybe. Maybe maybe post-hardcore, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good. I mean, this song really uh, obviously fits the theme, as we'll hear in a second when you hear it. What's the song called? Set Fire to the Face on Fire. And uh, the lyrics are pretty awesome. Um, As usual, their their lyrics are, like, super weird. Um, Like, even the song titles are cool. There's one... The next song on this album is called We Ride Skeletal Lightning. And (laughs) and the lyrics are really cool and messed up. They have another album, which is apparently... Supposedly, their their seems to be, like, their preferred album a lot of people this is my favorite album of theirs but I have another one called Burn Piano Island Burn which I was also thinking of playing because it's a fire thing but this is Set Fire and Face on Fire came out in 2007 I think 2006 and they broke up in 2007 mm. and these guys have all gone on to a bunch of different bands um, since that are pretty different than this so cool let's check it out my brother Set Fire and Face on Fire Fire to the Face on Fire by the Blood Brothers. And uh, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious how that fits the fire theme. I mean, they say it about 17,000 times in the song, so. I like that one. I like how they change it from set fire to the ships on fire, set fire to the horse on fire. You know, it's just like every time it's something different. A lot of things being set on fire. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, like it's that. a really cool way to start an album, too. Like, I mean, this is the first album there's that I actually got. I kind of heard about them near the end of when they were around, and uh, that kind of. Uh, Actually, I'd read an article about them and I was at a record store and I saw the CD. So I brought it up to listen to it at the counter because they sounded interesting and this is the first time I heard so I immediately bought it. Like, yeah. It was great. And the rest of the album is really good too. It's a really good album. Cool. But, yeah, it's a good song. Yeah. So, 
I mean, I was actually thinking, like, when we were, that this song kind of is why I wanted to do this theme. I know that's happened before, where it's like I'm listening, like, it's something in mind, dude. The Diseases show, right? It was the song Diseases I was listening to, like, we should do a show around that. And the same with this one, it was like, okay, Fire's a good, a good idea for this. And, like, I was trying, this was the easiest one, this song, obviously, to find for the theme, but I had a bit of trouble with the other songs, because there's a lot of stuff, and this has just come up before, too, like, a lot of reggae songs have fire in the, I mean, like, you know, talking about fire burning all the heathens and stuff, like, I mean, I could have played, like, a million Sizzler or Capleton songs, right, but, like, it's, it's hard to kind of stray from the, the stuff that I'll probably more familiar yeah. with, yeah, and I mean, I had this album, too, I was listening to today, trying to think of what to play by Archie Shep, it's called uh, Fire Music, so I thought, okay, well, this is going to have something that'll work, but, oh, um, yeah, I saw that, too, it doesn't really, like, it, to me, it doesn't really suit what I wanted to do for the theme, so I didn't, I didn't bring it, but... It's, I guess it's a pretty common word or idea to use in the song, so... Yeah, it's got a lot of different connotations. Metaphorically yeah. as well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. Know. Blood Brothers. That was a good song. It is, yeah. Uh, should we move on? Uh, yeah, unless you want to say anything else, wouldn't Uh, no, it was good. Sorry. So, I'm gonna play, um... <laughs> I'm gonna play an MIA song. Yeah. Um, from M.I.A.'s first album called Fire Fire. Uh, I really liked M.I.A.'s first album. She's kind of gotten annoying since, but I think it's more just because of the overexposure and how, how famous she got. I kind of felt that way about the... Like, I obviously, I love the first album too, right? Because we, we were listening to it at the same time. Um, and actually, uh, but then the, the second one came out, and I wasn't really into it. And then the, the one after that, the third one came out, and I kind of liked it a lot more. And I've since gone back and I like the second one more now. But well, like, it, I think it was a lot of just overexposure. And I think like it tends to be with artists who kind of are unknown and put out a record and then and then kind of become famous. It's like their first album kind of always has this like texture and this like uniqueness to it. Yeah. Like a, I think a good parallel is is someone like Kanye West. Yeah. Where like Kanye West's first album is like really good and it's an album like there's like. You know, it really fits together as an album and has this really like unique kind of texturing to it. And then the second album is just is just a collection of hits, you know. And that's kind of like what M.I.A. was too. Yeah. Like her first album is is really kind of unique and has this kind of this unique texture to it. And then her second album is just hits. I kind of felt with the second album too that she was trying too hard to be like this is world music like every song was featuring a different artist from some country no one had heard you know what I mean like it was right, like, yeah. like here's a song featuring a six year old rapper from like some African country that, that changed his name last week. it was a good song yeah it was a very good song you don't you think you're again. a gangsta come to yeah, Africa it was great yeah but I mean there's good stuff on that album too but you know what I mean it's like it's like she's got this whole image as like oh I'm the weird like artsy world musician so it was like okay here's Australia that here's Africa here's yeah. Sri Lanka well, and her, her last video too had this had that she did the video where she was in some like Arab country and they were like doing those spin outs with the BMWs yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. like it's it's kind of cool like to the point where it's like kind of cool imagery and like kind of this kind of world uh, you know this this yeah. world view to it well she definitely has like a, a persona as like this yeah. like world revolutionary thing going on like. and I think I think when you when she gets pressed on it she's not she she's she intelligently kind of passes it off yeah like she kind of because I don't think she's like she's not propaganda. Yeah, she's not. I don't know if she's as politically minded as she. 
She'd like to. I think maybe because her dad was like a tail tiger or whatever, right? She gets like a bunch of street cred, like street cred, like you know, she gets political cred, like oh, you're an activist because your dad was in this revolutionary group or whatever. Like, is that? Yeah, and like her, a lot of her art, because like she did all like yeah, yeah. she was an artist before she was yeah. a musician, right? I think we made a joke about her art on one of the previous shows about like just like. We made, no, we made, made a joke about my uh, neck, my neckwear. Yeah. <laughs> John's Which, yeah. scarf or something yeah, yeah, was like right, yeah. MIA's pants. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like her artwork like contains like bombs and guns tanks. and tanks. Yeah. Um, Day glow colors too. It's funny, she actually this is kind of a side fact. I, I find it really interesting though. It's like MIA was an artist and she was living in Toronto yeah. and she was living with Peaches. That's right, yeah, I read about that. Yeah. And that and Peaches was the one who convinced her to make music and like stuff, yeah. and cuz Peaches for people who don't know just like makes music on these shitty like keyboards with yeah. shitty like drums. I didn't sounds. realize that connection though. That's pretty Yeah, yeah, roommates, so, yeah. yeah and so she you know, she convinced MIA to get one of these keyboards and start making music on it and uh, How much of this is um, actually produced by MIA though? Oh, none of it. It's Diplo or whatever it was doing, right? No, no, no. But he did some of her stuff in the second album? Yeah, Diplo. Because he was dating her or something? I remember reading something about that. Yeah, Diplo and her connected after this album. Okay. Like, he, the big hit he did was that... Uh, Paper Planes? Yeah, Paper Planes. Which is a sample of The Clash. Oh, I didn't know that. Straight to Hell. Uh. Which is, like, one of my favorite Clash songs. So. He's, he, he does a lot of that stuff. Like, uh, his... Like, I've heard Diplo. He just kind of jacks stuff a little bit. Yep. Like, he did... He's got this one beat that's... Um, just like a, a Black Flag sample, and then he's got yeah. that other well, that other song he did for MIA, the big one when the video where they're like chasing down gingers. Yeah, it's suicide. It's suicide, yeah. like a straight jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also in that Major Laser album too, he does a Bad Brains baseline, like directly on one of the songs. So I like it. Like some dance hall like vocals over top of about it sounds good, but it's yeah, very obviously like. Well, it's you know he's a DJ, so he yeah. makes DJ music. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Just, yeah. So you want to talk about the song in particular? Or? Well, I mean, I think, I think the song, I mean, the song's called Fire Fire, yeah, which is so. why I'm playing it, but I think it's just a song about uh, how her ambition to be famous, like, if you kind of listen to lyrics, it's just about how she's going to blow up and she's going to, no one can stop her kind of thing, you yeah. know, and she's going to become famous, which it's she pretty did. pretty good uh, theme, I guess, for that kind of song. Yeah, sure. You know, like, I remember the first the first time I ever heard M.I.A. is when I saw the Bucky Dunn gun oh, video. Man. We listened to that song, like, 17 times I think the first hour. time I heard it, like, I called you, and I was you like, holy, you need to check I this came video. came over, and we would listen to it, like, over yeah. and over and over and over, yeah. Actually, I was listening to this album on New Year's. Um, I had Doug over, and he, whatever I was listening to before, stopped, so, like, you pick a record, and you put this on, so. Yeah, it's a really great record. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, uh, I mean... Uh, like I said before, like Amy, am I so overexposed? She's so famous now. It's kind of like hard to like, pay attention or care. But yeah. like when this album came out, like I was really into it. Well, it was crazy when it came out too. I mean, the amount of attention it got because it's really good. Like it was totally. But it was different a, it, too. It was a, it was also a slow rise. Like she didn't she didn't become famous overnight. Like this That's album right, yeah. this album was out for a while. Like and she had singles. Like I think Sun Showers was her first I think single. Belong and, was a single too, wasn't it? Yeah, it could have been. I'm not sure. And then I think Bucky Dungun was the first Bucky single Dungan, that, yeah. that broke over to like North America. Yeah. And well, Bucky Dungun is, I mean, it's too bad it doesn't fit the theme because it's so good. It's like, and that's such a crazy video, yeah, like where great. she's on the chain link fence, like shaking her ass and being like, and it's kind of like this weird, almost like perverted kind of, yeah. it's weird. It's, like you feel comfortable watching it a little bit? Yeah. And, and, you, don't, so you, don't, and you don't really know what's, what, this, what to make of it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But it's cool, yeah. So let, that's enough talking. Let's play the song. All right. Fire, fire. MIA. Growing up, growing up, really getting trained out. Look out, look out, from over. 
Alright, so, uh... Uh, Joe was just telling us he was going to play Dance Mix 93. Yeah, he's looking for his Dance song. Mix 93. Yeah, yeah. So he can listen. What was his song? Rhythm, Rhythm is a, a Dancer? dancer yeah. Whoop! You're really into that uh, house cool. movement, eh? Yep. Um, so that was uh, Fire Fire by M.I.A. I find it interesting that she, she kind of shouts out listening to uh, Missy Elliott and Timbaland in that song. Is it because of the sound that it has? She, like she, she, she probably listens to the music because of the sound it has. Yeah. I no, no, no. Like the similarity with the, her that song in particular and the, like, well, I, I think it's like. Beat is... Well, I was gonna say like it was. It's an obvious like influence. Like that whole style that Timbaland and Missy Elliott kind of came up with. What was that? Like the early two thousands. Like uh, yeah, I guess so. Have they? Did she done anything recently? Like, yeah, I, I heard she's behind the scenes a lot, but I don't know if she's. Well, Missy Elliott like just put out a, a an album I think recently, but it's a lot more rap. And I think that I read, I saw this interview with Timbaland where he was talking about how when he was like he was he got really famous around that time. So did Missy Elliott. They were like you know top yeah. of the charts. Yeah. And um, obviously they'd been in the game for a long time already, um, but uh, Timbaland really wanted to make pop music. So, so why did that album Chris Cornell? Yeah, but that I mean that's Steven why that's why he did Justin Timberlake. Right, and, right, yeah, yeah, that actually worked well. Right? And and he used to like according to this interview, he'd say how he wanted Missy Elliott to follow suit and like to, and he would say like Missy Elliott like we're bigger than hip hop like we don't need to stick right. to making hip hop music we can make whatever we want but and she she, she just wants to make rap music and huh. so that's kind of like, I think why they they after all that success they kind of didn't really do stuff for a while because yeah. he wanted to just be a pop. Well, he was also busy doing all the other stuff too. Right? I mean, he obviously had a pretty full. Like, I mean, Justin yeah. Timberlake, and uh, I'm sure he's done a bunch of others. But, I mean, you know, like, I, I'm sure if Missy Elliott was, had been, like, she, like hey, we're going to do an album, yeah. And she, and she could have been on those, she could have been on those tracks with t- Justin Timberlake oh, totally, and, yeah, and sure. Nelly Furtado and shit, you know? Chris Cornell even, like, why not? Uh, how terrible was that? It was album? really bad. Yeah, really I, bad. I didn't hear I it, but I don't know. I, I listened to a few songs off it just because I got to listen, you know, I like Soundgarden a lot, mm-hmm. so, but it was but very, to, it was very, it was rock? Like, no, it was like... It's like I I want to be relevant to the radio right now, which this is, is what like the kids so it was like doing. A, it was like kind of like one foot in like rock radio and the other foot in like dance, you know, which doesn't work really well. I mean, mm-hmm. if you, very few people can successfully pull it off well, you know. Uh, T- Timbaland, though, I think the past ten years is one of like a really interesting producer. Like I like I kind of like I love that Justin Timberlake music. Yeah, it's great. Did. It's really good. And it's like you listen to the lyrics and they're so dumb and like but it's so cheesy catchy. but so it's just catchy. and like you know you, the guy can sing. Oh right? yeah, for sure. Yeah. So and the but the beats like the, that song My Love I think is yeah. I think is the best pop song since yeah, it's crazy. The, since Billie Jean like yeah. it's so good. It's crazy good. That album that album is crazy good. Yeah. Well, both of them both of his albums are good. Yeah. They're really good. Yeah. And then Nelly Furtado stuff is, although like some of those songs I, are really dumb like promiscuous. Yeah, it's I, terrible. I yeah. fucking That's the that one song. I think of every time I think of her and him doing yeah. stuff. Um, what you were saying before about MIA though like about her maybe not being as um, much of a revolutionary as she kind of portrays herself as I was thinking of the Super Bowl thing. Do you remember that? Uh, she was at Madonna I think with the Super yeah. Bowl. And she had uh, OA as a guest thing, and she oh, gave and the she camera gave the, the finger, finger yeah. which to me is like the most ridiculous. You know, it's not. I mean, if you're actually going to be some kind of political activist and you're doing the Super Bowl, giving the finger to the camera isn't exactly what. You're not changing the world. No, you're just being like. Well, it's a publicity stunt, you know. It is. Yeah, it probably like, sold us some records, which is like you just know. like the the wardrobe malfunction with just, Janet yeah, Jackson. Like it's all yeah. it's all just a fucking 
It's all publicity yeah. stunt. But what I mean is she's actually some kind of political activist. She would have done something that actually benefited some kind of cause, right? Rather than just like, uh, fuck you. Like, yeah. Yeah. I actually... Uh, it's, all, it's, all, it's all a facade. Everything's a facade. Yeah. I was going to say something, but actually it relates kind of to what I'm going to play later on today, so I'll talk about it after. Okay. So, uh, I don't know. Do you have anything more to say about did, that? Did you guys see MIA when she was in town? No. No. Okay. I heard about it. No, I, I can't remember if I heard it was good or not. <laughs> I think it's yeah. a really, I think it's really high energy, so it's probably pretty fun. Well, I'm sure there's colors flying all over the place and lights and stuff, but you know yeah. what I mean, like, and lots of little kids. Yeah, 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 little kids dancing backwards and doing flips and stuff and rapping. Yeah, it's a type of thing that it, that I would have loved to have seen like again when this 2002 mm-hmm. or whatever when, when her first called? album came out. 2005. That's a, yeah, at like uh, the pyramid or something. I think it was the pyramid. No, it was the fuck the pyramid. Yeah. Why? Uh, <laughs> I heard some stories yesterday about the pyramid. Oh, breaking news. Yeah. Breaking rumors. Breaking news will come out like a week later, yeah? I don't need to know. You don't need to talk about no. it. I don't know. It doesn't have a year on this. I think it was 2000. Yeah, 2005 sure sounds about right, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. All right. So, what do you got? Well, I don't know what to segue into. I'm going to play a little, a short instrumental. I just wanted to say that I really don't like the way the word segue is spelled. Is it? I like it. The U E part. You know? oh, that's okay. I like it. I think there's an umlaut on one of the letters. Like U, on the U. Not anymore. At one point there was. Not anymore. <laughs> is there an umlaut on umlaut? No, there isn't. Which is weird. That's really weird, actually. Well, you, know, you don't. You don't want it to be self-referential, though. You, right. you don't. You don't want it to. Like, definition of you it. have to know the word to, to know the word. Yeah. yeah so you don't know, man. Circle. You just don't know. <laughs> I wonder why that's not in English, though. Like why the umlaut is not. Because Umla, I mean, I know this is completely irrelevant. <laughs> but the Umla, like an Umla in English is totally used for like mocking something as being heavy metal, you know? So the only time you ever use it is to, like, you got a metal band, you got to throw an Umla in there somewhere. Like, you know, right. Like Spinal Tap is on the end. <laughs> Doesn't Husker Du have a Umla? They do, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, okay, this is crazy. Um, Husker Du, I think it's like Husker Du, right? Because they, they, right. but they, um, I never knew what the name meant, right? In the band, I mean, you obviously hear the name a lot, and you know, they're a decent band. So, um, but I was walking past, you know, the uh, the nearly new shop, mm-hmm. Porridge Avenue. It's run by those old uh, like hospital ladies. I didn't know. It was tiny little, tiny little green store on Porridge Avenue. Yeah, I know the place. Yeah, yeah. I walk. I used to walk by it. I still walk by it. I went home sometimes, and I walked by it, looking in the window, just kind of casually. It was closed or whatever. And then I see this board game, this old looking board game that says "Who's Gonna Do On It." What? And it's like a children's board game from somewhere in Europe. Oh, and yeah. I looked it up because I'm like, what the hell? Because the store was closed, so I couldn't go in and see it. But yeah, some kind of board game. That's where they got the name from. Huh. Mm. So anyway, what are you going to play? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play uh, a Brian Eno song called Over Fire Island. All right, that's well, kind so of I choose it because of the, because of the name. Because otherwise it's uh, just is it instrumental. Or is there... yeah. yeah. Oh, thank God. I, like, Brian Eno's lyrics are the worst lyrics ever. He's not... A wordsmith. He's like, like, don't get me wrong, like he's he's amazing, but like his lyrics are like reading a fourteen year old girl's diary. Maybe it is. Oh shit! Whoa, Eno, you, know, you sly bastard. Eno just became. Does he have a daughter? Maybe he just steals her diary. Maybe, maybe, maybe just, maybe him and like Roman Polanski just like. Uh, no. <laughs> creep the, the elementary know. rounds. All right, yeah. So uh, let's play it. Then we can listen to it. Um, maybe notable Phil Collins is drumming on it. Oh, it's really weird. It's really weird. Well, I guess it's not that weird, because Phil Collins drums on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, did, did... Did you know that Phil Collins is, like, one of the foremost collectors of Civil War memorabilia? Did not know that. He's obsessed. He's not even the American, but he has, like, all the guns and shit, like... Ugh. He's, uh... And, like, helmets and whatever, like, uniforms. 
Someone else is. I think Steven Tyler is into really? that stuff. Steven uh, Tyler has like gun collection. The other guy's into that stuff, but in more and more World War Two stuff is uh, Lemmy from Motorhead. Yeah, I think mean, like, that's more. And there's a documentary about him, and he's trying to buy a tank. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so crazy. He's probably drunk. And he's got this whole like you know Nazi memorabilia. He's probably on speed. Yeah. What's his? Who's that? Is he friends with Ted Nugent? Do they hang uh, out ever? Yeah. No, Ted Nugent is crazy. Ted Nugent's guitar has like, a compartment with a gun in it. Like the back of his guitar. I'm not joking. <laughs> who's that? Who's that? Who's that guitarist who like got shot on stage? Oh, Dimebag Daryl. Yeah. Pantera. Yeah. 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 Fuck. Where, should, well, wait, if you had that, was that's yeah. like Did Tim Nugent like bring that up at every fucking cocktail Probably, party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm surprised no one's tried to shoot Ted Nugent because you know Ted Nugent's got pretty racist views and stuff too. He's not like all you know. He's obviously gun nut. How's he famous? Like I don't think I've ever heard of Ted Nugent. Yeah, you've song. heard Catch Fever. Yeah. Oh, of course. Ninety two City FM. Yeah. That's the only thing that I think about. That is a famous song, yeah. right? I didn't know. That was yeah. him. I think he's more famous for being in that job. Yeah, because that's that's what I think of. I don't think of his fucking yeah. music. I he's think, like a racist asshole. Yeah, like I think of his Union Jack guitar. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so Brian Eno? Brian Eno, over Fire Island from another green world. Alright, what's Fire Island? Well, I don't know. You just only go over it to never find out. <laughs> Alright, that's cool. So, that was Over Fire Island, Brian, you know, from Another Green World, and uh, yeah, I wanted to sneak in uh, an Eno song, especially from, this is the first album of his that I heard, and uh, one of the reasons I liked it a lot, Rob was mentioning how his lyrics can be pretty, pretty terrible, and uh, yeah, one of the reasons I really like this album is all the little instrumental songs that are on it, and they almost get as much attention as like actual songs. There's a bunch of them, and uh, yeah, they all, they're a little bizarre, but uh, some of them are really cool. That's totally as much as work. Yeah, I know. Um, that's cool. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Well, hey, you got a couple. Do you have two copies of Zeppelin One? I think I do. Yeah. All right.
When it's good, you should. I'm not sure why. Case. You, so you can do the breaks, right? When you're doing the, right. when you're partying at the block party, when you're DJing at the That's block right, party. Yeah. 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 Fucking Africa Bombado over here. Yeah, I guess for sure. Okay. It's probably got all kinds I'm of covered by secrets. <laughs> You know, that was interesting. It just sounded like a jazz song but played with keyboards. It was kind of like, a, I wonder if that's ever been done with like horns. And I think yeah. wonder if Brian Eno has ever said, hey, let's try to do this traditionally. Yeah, I still don't doubt it, but. Yeah, come to think of it, I don't, I can't think of any like, Eno, like his actual albums instances with horn. No, but horn. it sounded like horns would have fit there in some of the. Yeah. But that's his shtick, right? That is his shtick. Yeah, right? it's a yeah. synthesizer dude. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, it was alright. That was, uh, this music is so mellow right now. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, feels, this is like the night is wrapping up music, you know? Yeah. Everybody go home. We got like six songs to go, so yeah. I don't know. It's got to feel sleepy. Um, no, it was good. But is there anything else? Like, do you have a lot of his solo? Uh, yeah, I do. Like yeah. Uh, and it kind of runs the, the gamut. Like, he's got, well, he's got another song off another album called Babies on Fire. I was thinking of uh, playing, but I didn't really, I don't really like the song as much. He's, his, yeah. Like, his singing voice also isn't all that. <laughs> Although yeah. good, he's better at producing Producer, other people. Yeah. And, uh, I wonder how many records Eno has been a part of. Like his he, fingers on, yeah. Like hundreds, eh? Oh, like, sure, yeah. Yeah, like yeah some of the most famous ones are, you know, like Talking Heads, obviously. Yeah, U2. Sort of, yeah, U2 for sure. Roxy uh, Music. Roxy Music. Roxy, I, we haven't played Roxy Music. I like Roxy Music a lot. Yeah. I should have brought in some, maybe for one of the themes, though. I actually kind of like Roxy Music's cover song better than their originals, though. Mm. And I really like Brian Ferry's singing voice. I got yeah. like, his solo stuff out a few of his albums. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, so I was gonna say though, so yeah, his solo ones are, they have their moments, but they're not in their entirety all that, all that fantastic. Uh, he's got, like, he's known kind of as an ambient yeah, yeah, yeah. guy, and he's some really cool... Do you have that record you did with, stuff. um, what's his face, Dan Byrne? Yeah, the new one or the... No, the old, the old one. This yeah, one got... supposedly really good that I haven't actually heard, but... I listened to it at one point, I don't remember being blown away. Have you listened to, uh, like, later Talking Heads still, like, what's that... There's that one album that's pretty much like Brian Eno and, and David Byrne album. Um, the one with like uh, Once in a Lifetime. Um, what's that fucking album called? Ugh. It's so good, but I can't. Remain think of in Light. It. Yeah, Remain in Light. Like that. Like there's. That's actually one of the reasons. I think that album might have been the reason why the rest of the Talking Heads started uh, Tom Tom Club. Because it was just the because yeah they guys, yeah. they did like nothing on that album. It was yeah. all Eno and David Byrne. Mm. And yeah, that. Album is amazing. Yeah, it might be my favorite Talking Heads album actually. I like Fear of Music a lot. Yeah, actually, it's for me. It's it's uh, Remain in Light or um, More songs songs about buildings. Oh yeah. And whatever, whatever that's in, that Food. called. Food. It's cool. Yeah. Food. Food. Yeah. No, that was cool. It was uh, just like because I was looking at your records. Um, is this all your records here, or do you have some elsewhere? Oh, I've got uh, some elsewhere. Yeah. Did you, um, I noticed that you have like this huge, uh, huge section of Iggy Pop here stuff here. But that's uh, stuff I've borrowed. I, I don't know. see any Stooges though. Yeah, those are borrowed. Which is kind of weak. It's kind of weak, yeah. Because you know what's really great? The <laughs> Stooges. Stooges yeah. You know what's not as good? Iggy, Iggy Pop. Pop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well I'd never heard any of those, right? Yeah. So I figured I'd well, check Stooges them out. Well, okay. Like, you got like, you know. Like, those aren't, yeah, those aren't mine. This is a decent album, right? But like, um. It's decent, but it's decent, it, it but doesn't not, touch the Stooges. Oh, not even close. No more, yeah. even in like, the same yeah. universe as the Stooges, yeah. We should just do a show where we just listen to the Stooges all day. I'm into it. Just like, you know, the songs are short enough. And yeah. We could probably... We could do it. Get through. I don't know, like, I almost think we should do uh, shows every once in a while, like, to break up the kind of the theme. 
where it's instead of what we're doing now with like the one word theme, just do like a certain a band. certain band, band and just theme. like yeah, or a year. A year or a year. Would that would be idea. cool too. Ooh. A band would be cool as well because I mean, especially if it's a band with a lot of a big catalog yeah. that we all at least are somewhat interested in, because then we could find like we probably have different choices, right? Like yeah, like we could do one with Iggy Pop. We could do one with Brian Eno, like. Even we do one with like Pearl Jam, like we talked about last time. Yeah. You know, we were arguing about what album was the best and stuff. Like, I mean, I think they got enough of a catalog that we could easily fit the nine songs. Like, yeah, definitely. A Tragically Hip or something. You know, one of these bands that people don't necessarily expect us to like, but we do. Like, yeah. You know. And then show why we like them. And then show why we like and them. And talk about. Well, there's also is anyone gonna play Fireworks with Tragically Hip? Is that a song? Fireworks floating in the distance. No, I don't know. That. Is that a later song? She said, or you said you didn't give a fuck about hockey. I never heard oh, that's that song. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like a later song. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you should just do that. Should be the show. It's just John singing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just singing them all for you. Well, we were talking before too, one of the earlier shows, because I said I like Led Zeppelin, and you guys were horrified or something. But, like we should. Uh... No, John likes Led Zeppelin. You don't like Led Zeppelin. Not really. I think they're overrated. But at the same time, like, I understand it. How, like, how how many like really intelligent musical people like them, and, yeah. and I just haven't caught on, and like. I don't mean to say they're not a good band or like, yeah. but I, I don't, it's not for me. Yeah, that's cool. But that was the other idea when we were talking before, right? We do a show where we play stuff each other don't necessarily are yeah. into and then like say, this is why I like, you know, Led Zeppelin and this is why you like something I, I don't like. Or... I wonder if we could like figure, how would we do that? Like would we each like take a ba- take bands that we don't like and then be like, these are bands I don't really... Or bands that I'm not fully into that are maybe either, that, that, that are renowned that you guys might be in. Like Beatles, John, right? yeah, John I can, can play three Beatles songs. You can play three, three Led Zeppelin, Zeppelin songs, and you can play three What Do You Like That We Don't Like, I or don't that we're not. Like, I, I just like really good shit though, so you probably, <laughs> you probably like all the stuff I like. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I'm sure there's something. It's got. Or like Three Six Mafia or something. I don't even hate Three Six Mafia. You know, yeah. like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like go and buy one of their albums, but I'm not gonna. I don't know what I, what I would what I could do, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, we should do that sometime. Yeah. All right, all right. So I guess it's Mina, right? Yeah. All right. I uh, I was kind of struggling, as I said, with picking some other songs out. First one I played, the, the Blood, Brothers, Blood Brothers song, was obviously the, the first choice. Um, I think I'm gonna play the Clash, and uh, this is off their first album. The song's called Empty. The song's called London's Burning, and uh, you know, obvious fire connection. Uh, it's not actually necessarily about fire. Um, as you will see by the lyrics when you hear the song. Uh, it was, I've been tempted to play this songs from this album and a few different themes. How many songs do the Clash have that have the word London in the title? Uh, it's two on this album. <laughs> no, there's only one on this album. Only one. I can think of two offhand that have the word London. London Calling might be my favorite Clash song. Really? It's a good it's, song, but I don't know if it's, it's not on my... I don't, uh, to, uh, to be honest... I don't even think it's on my top ten. I love it. It's a great song, but like... To be know. honest, though, I don't, really, I don't really have that much knowledge of the Clash. I think you need to start... Maybe. I don't know. Is that just is it my choice or is that just you just never got? You know, I had I had one of their albums and I like just just because I was inter- I had like a best of I think and I just because I just wanted to get in like yeah. I wanted to learn about them and uh, I didn't really listen to it that much. There's a couple. There's that Cadillac song that's kind of good. Cadillac. Yeah. That's a cover. Oh yeah. Of our old rockabilly song. Um, I think that like it's funny because this is the first this is the first album right? Like I mean on the cover they're a three piece. They have a data drummer too, but like they're between drummers or whatever. Um, when you take the picture, I guess, and because uh, both their drummers are on this on a couple songs here, um, but I think that like people tend to see this album incorrectly as being their punk album, and then everything after that is like experimental. 
because like they had so many different influences, right? But then, I, but then if you listen to this, there's actually tons of stuff on here that is actually not punk at all. Like there's, uh, I mean, like Police and Thieves is on here, the cover of Police and Thieves, which is like their version of reggae, and they have all kinds, all kinds of other stuff going on too. So, I think it's kind of cool that they were never really just a straight up punk band. I mean, they, they obviously are in a lot of songs, but there's certainly other influences coming out. And then when they got, I guess, more comfortable trying other stuff, maybe like you hear like the rockabilly songs, and you hear ska, and you hear reggae, and you hear like just all kinds of crazy stuff. So. So this is London's Burning, not necessarily about fire, kind of more about um, more about apathy almost. Like, um, like I mean, you, look, you heard from the lyrics, but it's just kind of like uh, everyone's sitting home watching TV, like, you know, people aren't paying attention to what's, right. what's happening. So, Clash, London's Burning. Wake up. Fire! Fire. London's Burning! London's Burning! Some reggae stuff that I was gonna play, um, and this, and uh, this kind of went out because I just grabbed it. Um, I like the song, I like the album. It's very, very kind of straight ahead punk rock. That one is, but there's a lot of stuff on the album that's a little different. Um, I was uh, listening to this interview with Steve Jones, you know, from the Sex Pistols, mm-hmm. and uh, he's hilarious. Have you heard him? Like, no. I listened to this podcast, an hour-long interview with him, and he's just talking about like he has a radio show now, right? So they're talking about his radio show, and they're talking about him being famous when he was in the... And, like, apparently throughout the show, every... I mean, I know it's like he was in The Clash, but he talks about The Clash in the same time period, same, you know. Um, every time he walks, uh, a girl walks by the studio, he, uh, 
he's like waving at her or whatever, winking at her or something, and they all start laughing because every single time apparently she like waves back or whatever. And like half the show is just them going through this list of uh, the hosts of the show are asking about various female celebrities from the time, and then he's like telling whether he slept with them or not. And it's crazy how many of them like <laughs> they just made random girls like, oh yeah, and like one of them was Cameron Diaz. <laughs> Cameron Diaz. Like, what the hell? He's like sixty-five years old or something, you know. And he's like this old. When would, fat, he, have, when would he have slept before with she was famous? Was she like in London? No, or? he's he's been in LA for like a million oh. years. But it's just a hilarious show because this crusty old guy, old punk guy, right? And he's just like interrupting the interview every couple minutes to be like, "Oh, look at that one over there." Right? <laughs> so it's actually entertaining. He's a pretty funny interview subject. But. I could see like why dumb young girls though would want to sleep with someone who's in a sex pistol. I and... guess, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like a really cultural, like, yeah. thing. It's a culture thing. Yeah. It's a thing of culture. It's a thing of culture, yeah. yeah. So, um... I, I'd probably sleep with him. With Steve Jones? Not, like, sexually, but in the same bed. In the same bed as him, yeah. Yeah. Just sharing stories. Yeah, sounds like you got good... I mean, imagine... We'll the, talk uh, imagine Jones. anyone who was around, like, you know, in some kind of weird semi-famous way is going to have weird stories about, like, just encounters with... Especially with the, uh, at that time. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So I don't know, I mean, like, this, this song obviously isn't about fire, it's about people being bored and apathetic and nothing going on, which is kind of, kind of interesting. Pretty common. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess it is, I mean, yeah. It was what people are doing right now, instead of doing something interesting, they're listening to our shitty podcast and... Yeah, go <laughs> do something. Go on, do something, Go man. fucking volunteer to Food Bank. Yeah. You're wasting your life. Well, maybe they're doing that and listening to this at the same time. And kudos to you. Oh, shit. <laughs> well done. Yeah. And they're ignoring the customers of the food bank. because they're, they're That's like, okay. You're there. You're, you're, you're there. You're there. Yeah. Yeah. You're, they're making a difference. I don't know. And they're turning off the podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. Making fun of food banks now. <laughs> is, there no, is there no limit yeah. to these guys' disrespect? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. John, it's really hot in this house here. Like, yeah. It's hot in this bitch. Yeah. I know. It's the opposite of the basement. Yeah, yeah. I almost want to wear gloves in here just like a, <laughs> yeah. you know? just take your hands off. Okay, <laughs> so are we done talking about the clash? Well, you just want to talk about this more. Cool. But... I don't. I, don't I, mean, I mean, this song's self-explanatory. I just picked it because it would something different with the theme. Yeah, it's good. I like it's it. Good. It's good. You know. Um. No, let's say I think a cl- the Clash is a, is a band, though you could probably put me onto some stuff because to be honest like I'm not I don't really know if I like the sound I don't know if I'm, I'm into them but I think you would like the Sandinista album yeah which is like it's a triple album and they released it uh, at a time when they were extremely popular and it bombed because it's really really experimental like this they, they, this one, like they rap on it there's like early, right. like it's 1980 yeah. I think or 70, 80 you know I was, I was talking to um, I was talking to this guy who's in the afterbeat which guy well, he does the sound at the Windsor now. Oh, Dustin? Yeah. yeah. Dustin's a pretty awesome guy. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. And uh, he's talking about... Dirt. What's that? Dirt. Dirt? Yeah. Is that what his nickname? Yeah, and then we also sort of called him Dirt Burger. I know him like the... You know, yeah, yeah. Um, he was in the Brad Attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in every band ever. Like. But he was, he was talking to me about how like when the Afterbeat got that Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, yeah he's in that commercial. And they uh, Budweiser flew them to the Super Bowl? Yeah. Or flew them to L.A.? For the L.A., yeah. That's was right. that where the Super Bowl was? I don't know. I think I remember hearing it with L.A. though. But, but he's talking about how he went to see uh, um, D.D. Ramon's grave. Oh, yeah? And also Johnny Ramon's grave, apparently. Yeah. I don't know if they're in the same cemetery. Maybe. Johnny Ramon has a big statue. Though. Yeah, and that's what he's saying. He's saying that Johnny Ramon has this huge like statue erected to him. And, and it's D.D.'s like this, is just like a little thing, right? Yeah, it's just like a little rock. Yeah. And, and we were talking about how like 
DD Ramon was just like the essence of punk. He just did whatever, yeah. you know, he did he did whatever he felt like yeah. and he put out that rap record. Which we've talked about before too, right? The same thing, like on, on the show, like it's uh what we talked we, we talked about it before. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, no, I, was just, I was just thinking about how like you know, DD I think I probably said this, but DD he doesn't rap that terribly on that no. song. And, like, the lyrics, it's like... And I was thinking about how bad, like... I mean, I don't mean to offend anybody, but... Think about how bad Easy e is at rapping. Yeah, pretty and bad. how Easy e Well, it's so basic, right? It's like super... But he also didn't write anything. anything. So... And, like, look how famous and popular he is. Just because he talks about being gang and fucking bitches yeah. and... Whatever the fuck, like it's the most disrespectful it, yeah. music ever. Yeah. Which isn't really nowadays, isn't that disrespectful at all? Now it's just like, okay, whatever, like you hear it. In this yeah. Place. But yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Didn't your actually wrote all of it. Like, and it's, you kind of like, you kind of feel like his, you know, for lack of a better term, the risk of sounding cheesy, like his heart and his soul in those lyrics, you yeah. know? Like, well, this, this is when it, when, it, when it came up last time, I think we talked about what we talked about was that I'd seen this interview with him and he was saying, like, yeah, I know I can't rap. But I really heard I heard actual rap when it came out, and I really was into it. So yeah. I just wanted to like this is my attempt at. I know I'm not like real or like I'm not a real rapper, but this is just my because uh, I respect the music so much. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with like, um, I mean, the Clash doing rap on that album, it really t- totally bombed, and like it didn't do well on their tours when they brought all those rap- rappers on on stage with them and stuff, right? Yeah. people hated it because they're expecting a punk album. But then it's like you listen to the Clash stuff, and and that's kind of you know they have like pro-rap on there and they have reggae on there and they have soul on there and they have rockabilly on there and it's like they totally get pigeonholed as just being a punk band yeah whereas like I think this pro you know if you added up all their songs I don't even know if it would be a majority I mean punk attitude for sure but there's so much other stuff going on yeah like I read something interesting about um, London Calling the album where it was like the first couple Clash albums were them kind of just figuring out what they're doing as a band and then by that album you kind of see their record collections come into view and you realize what they're actually listening to, and it's not just the Ramones and not just the New York Dolls and stuff. Like it's yeah. more to it than that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna play a Public Enemy song, which I think fits good after the Clash. Yeah, boy. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna play Burn Hollywood Burn. Do you see that movie? That's no. Can we talk about the song first, and then Um. So yeah, this is uh, off of Fear of a Black Planet, which is my favorite Public Enemy album. It's definitely, it's one of my favorite albums ever. I don't tape, it's so good. Yeah, it's actually like, the one of the first rap records that I, like besides, you know, Crisscross Cross and MC Hammer, it's like yeah. one of the first rap records I actually really got into. Oh, that's cool. Um, even kind of before I started listening to rap, like I'd probably have this album playing and I'd put in Helmet or something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so this song uh, features, which is one of the very few Public Enemy songs that actually features someone not in the group. Yeah, usually it's just Chuck D and occasional play by play. Yeah, like I don't think they really had, I'm trying to, th- I'm th- I might be wrong, but I'm trying to think this might be the only guests they have until they put out the He Got Game soundtrack. Right. Um, <laughs> Steven Stills on the. <laughs> what's that? Steven Stills. Is on the He Got Game soundtrack? On the song. Because it's, it's oh yeah, 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 it's so cheesy. Yeah. Video, like, yeah. I, and I hate that part where he's like, "There's a man with the gun." Yeah, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> it's like fuck yeah. off. Yeah. But um, yeah, Karis One is on that album, and so is Master Killer from Wu Tang. But yeah, so this I think is, if I'm right, I think this is the only uh, other. That's cool. Yeah, before that, so this is it features Ice Cube and Cool and um, sorry, Big Daddy Kane. 
Is this before Ice Cube started doing stuff with the Bomb Squad, or is this after? Yeah, I think this was the lead up to it because this album's 1990, and I think yeah, I think yeah, that would Ice, be early 90s, right? Like 92 or something. Yeah, like. Ice Cube started like those three. Those albums are ridiculous. Those are Ice the, Cube albums are incredible. Those are some of the best albums ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, like what were they? Predator and America's uh, Most uh, America's Most Wanted, yeah. and uh, what was the third one? License to Kill. No. Kill Will was the EP. Yeah, I'm not. Maybe we should look that up. But uh, yeah, the Bomb Squad is the you know the backbone of Public Enemy. They did all the beats, and uh, fuck, I don't know. They're amazing. Yeah, they're great. Um, there's a movie called Burn Hollywood Burn, which have you guys either, have you ever seen? No. It? It's uh, it's an Alan Smithy film. You know Alan Smithy. You know what that's about? Apparently, Alan Smithy is the name that any director uses. If they want to disown oh, yeah, the movie yeah. they've made because they, they think it sucks, so like you know something happened to the movie that it didn't end up being how they envisioned it or whatever, so they don't want to have their name attached to it. So okay. I don't know who actually did it, did it but it's now it's, they make a big deal of it being an Alan Smithy film, and I think the movie is actually about an Alan Smithy film being made. Oh really? Because like Eric Idle is his director and he makes this movie that sucks, so he changes in the in the in the movie and like there's all these rappers are in it and like all what huge, year is it from? 90s for sure 90s um, there's a massive cast too like tons of people doing cameos and stuff and uh, there's all these rappers in it there's a few of them at least for sure yeah I haven't, seen, I haven't seen it in, in a few, quite a while though so there's definitely mm-hmm. some rappers in it cool it's, it's very strange it's not a very good movie <laughs> but it's like a, it's like a bad movie about making a bad movie so does that make it okay <laughs> I don't know it's, I, mean, I wouldn't watch it again you know like it wasn't it's just it's cool that that's what I think of every time I think of the song because uh, yeah it's like that movie uh, did you ever see that movie Who's the Man yeah, everyone's in that. But it's like every single rapper and then is in that movie. Yeah. 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 But it's like all the rappers from that, because like of the fat boys and stuff, right? Uh, in that movie? Yeah. But it's everybody. But like, then there's other people Karis, too. Like, in it, right? Karis One's in it. Yeah. Like, every rapper yeah. is in that movie. Everybody, yeah. Cypress Hill. Yeah. That movie's like entertaining just for that fact. Because like, I don't it's even know if they're good. just, I don't even know what the story to the movie Doesn't is. Matter. Um, yeah, so let's play the song, yeah. then we can talk about it after. So, Burn, Hollywood, Burn, Public Enemy featuring Ice Cube and Big Daddy Kane. Burn, Hollywood, Burn, I smell a riot going on. First they're guilty, now they're gone. Yeah, I'll check out a movie, but it'll take a black one to move me. Get me the hell away from this TV. All this news and views are beneath me. So all I hear about is shots ringing out. About gangs putting each other's head out. So I'd rather kick some slang out. All right, fellas, let's go hang out. and holes. Many intelligent black men seem to look uncivilized when on the screen. Like I guess I figure you to play some jigaboo on the plantation. What else can a nigga do? And black women in this profession, after playing a lawyer, out of the question. For what they played, Angel Mama is the perfect term. Even if now she got a perm. So let's make our own moves like Spike Lee. Cause the rules being offered don't strike me. There's nothing that the black man could use to earn. 
burn, Hollywood burn. Driving this daisy. Oh, oh man. No. Just, oh, just what I'm talking about. It's turning the dim shit. I'm out of here, man. Hey, yo, check it out, man. I got black seas at the crib, man. Y'all want to go check that out? Yeah. That's the idea. Cause we could have rolled it from the beginning. Y'all with it, Fuck man. Hollywood. Uh, that, yeah, that was Public Enemy. Um, for Hollywood Burn. I was just saying while we were listening to it that I like, um, I like how Chuck D's tone of voice is always, um, like professorial or something you know he's just like this is this is the facts that i'm laying out to you and it's uh he never gets super emotional but it's still really emotional like it's kind well, of he's, uh, he's kind of he's, always the same level of yeah bad. yeah that's what i mean yeah, yeah that's what i mean yeah. <laughs> but like he's passionate but it's really kind of like uh he's not getting excited about it he's just like this is the deal you know yeah, like, i already know it's it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. well that's like the the way he was picked for public enemy was like the, the radio dj right uh Yes, but that's not how he's picked. Like, Bomb Squad were already kind of this production team. They're already making beats. Um, Hank Shockley's the main guy, and then his, his brother, his name escapes me right now. Um, but, but uh, yeah, so they were at, they were like, uh, they were at a, like a frat party or something, and, and people were getting on the microphone and freestyling. Oh, yeah. And, uh,. I think Chuck D got on the microphone, and I'm not sure if he got on the microphone to start rapping or to t- tell everyone to like shut up or something. Yeah. Because they were so bad at rapping. Um, but the they like the bomb squad heard his voice, and as soon as they heard his voice, they're like, "Holy shit, it's we, perfect. we need perfect. this guy to be our our well, frontman." Well, in that uh, also during the song we're talking about that Ice T documentary, the art of rap, a little bit, and I only mentioned it on the previous show. I finished watching it, and Chuck D is in it, and. Um, I think it's in the part with him where he's saying that, um, like, the reason that a lot of people rapped kind of like that is because you had to be heard over stuff. Because rap right. was more of a live thing yeah. than a, a studio thing, so you have to be very like kind of commanding, yeah. with a commanding voice. You couldn't be. I mean, now you can be very kind of like, soft spoken. Yeah, you could be like, you could be like, style. yeah, like Mace or something. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. don't have to be like. But this is like this booming voice, right? Yeah. And KRS One too, same thing. Like, yeah. You know, a lot of the guys from that era. Are, yeah. So. I kind of, I, I personally, I like that. I think yeah. it works really yeah. well with. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with being a little bit more kind of subtle, but I just like. Yeah. I like it. But it's like it's kind of like the role of so-called MC has really changed from like like you said from that, from the house party or the block party yeah. to to uh, the studio MC. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, there's a few things like I wanted to mention. Like I've seen Public Enemy live three times, and it's bar none the best show I've ever seen. Uh, they just come out with so much like energy, and like the last time it, I saw them was just a couple years ago. Um, and like you know, 
Chuck D's is 50-something. Yeah, he is for sure. And he just comes out. He's just jumping around the whole time. Just like, you know, just so amazing. It's cool. It's cool that someone who's, you know, getting on an age can still... Because he doesn't need to. He can sit there in a chair the whole time and people would still pay. Like, you know, he's got enough enough respect from the general audience that would be listening to his music. He could just sit there mm-hmm. and rap from a chair and not move. And people, I, I mean, he it's could see it. It's cool that he doesn't. It's really... Yeah, well, I, I think it's it's cool, the work ethic. Yeah. Because they still put out Public Enemy albums. All the time. Yeah. Every couple of years. And, like, when I saw them a couple of years ago, they didn't do any new stuff. It was all, like, stuff from this album and from Nation of Millions. Yeah. I'm sure Nolan probably doesn't want to hear the new stuff so much, though. No, not really. I mean, because that's what happens to a lot of bands, is that you've been around for 30, 20, 30 years, well, 30 years probably, now at least, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah, because this is, like, late 80s, early 90s, so... Yeah, I think their first album was like 80, years already, 87. So. I think it's it was coming like, up on 30 years then? Yeah. Five years from now, or four years from now? Yeah. But a lot of bands like that, you, you can't play your new stuff because no one cares. Like, yeah, I mean, I know it's a totally different genre of music, but I saw Fifty Four Forty last year, and like they've been it was their thirtieth anniversary as a band, hmm. and they played like one or two new songs. They were okay, but everyone's like, "Okay, come on, you know, let's get on." When I was in when I was in Golden in the in the in the fall, Fifty Four Forty was playing Golden. Yeah. Golden has like five thousand people in it. Hey, Fifty Four Forty actually puts on a really good, really good show up there. Uh, so, so we were talking about. Uh, yeah, sorry, I go <laughs> flavor. Canadian rock. Ocean Pearl. Yeah. yeah, Ocean Pearl's a wicked song. Do yeah. we have to get our CanCon? Con? Yeah. <laughs> um, but we were talking about like Flavor Flav and how like yeah, it's kind of sad what Flavor Flav has become like to to pop culture and. Well, he's a clown, right? I mean, yeah. he's not. I mean, he was a clown on stage. Like, you obviously you know more about Public Enemy than I do. I like them. I have three or four other tapes, but I mean, I'm not. You know, you're like a serious, serious fan of them. And from what I think of <coughs> Flavor Flavor is that his role was kind of like to lighten things up a little bit. Chuck D is so like we were just saying, right? He's so serious and everything is so. And then yeah. you got this guy running around like you know he's got a completely different type of voice than yeah. he does, and it's just kind of like his songs were more they're not funny but like I mean his songs he really doesn't do lead on a lot of them right no just like one or or two an album but he just kind of lightens things up a bit like comic relief almost right so it's not I don't know it's not that weird that he's doing like ridiculous reality shows and stuff but at the same time we have a band that's so political like and so respected and so respected for a foreigner and and has so much self respect yeah and it just kind of seems like if I was Chuck D I feel like I would be offended that he's doing this shit, but maybe he isn't. I mean, he's been friends with the guy for a while. You know, he... I th- I think it's kind of from, from what I gather, it's kind of like you know, leave that away from us. Right. Like, don't bring that to Public Enemy. But if you need to do that, do what you need to do. So but don't promote it as Public Enemy's Flavor Flav. Yeah, because because again, whatever. There's this one episode of Flavor Flav's show, one of his shows, and and uh, he comes to Flavor Flav comes to the Public Enemy concert with the camera crew. Oh yeah. And you just see him walk in, and you see Chuck Chuck D's back is turned to the door, and then yeah. he turns around and sees the camera, and is just so fucking mad. Mm-hmm. And he he takes Flavor Flav into the next room, yeah. and Flavor Flav's mic, so you can hear what he's saying. And Chuck D's just like, you do not bring that shit around here. Yeah. And uh, but so the story with the story with with Flavor Flav, I find is really interesting. Um, like like you were saying how Chuck D had this radio show, and yeah. and that's kind of how like Public Enemy kind of started was with this radio show and Flavor Flav was you know he's a crackhead who, yeah. who would come to the radio station and freestyle yeah. and rap on air and like they kind of like took took him under his wing and tried to like take care of him and like oh, yeah. tried to you know like help him and stuff and like when Public Enemy was forming they got um, Professor Griff like who's the head of the S1Ws yeah. who are who are actually um, 
trained in martial arts and they're they're public enemies um, bodyguards but yeah, as, also but they're dance dancers yeah. they kind of do like that stomp dancing yeah and um, was it security of the first world yeah exactly and uh, so Professor Griff was the head of him ahead of them yeah. and Professor Griff is actually like uh, I think he's, he's got like a master's degree or maybe even a PhD like in um, something he's a member <laughs> of the group again though right because he wasn't from yeah him. yeah so he was he, like he's a really hardcore Muslim like doesn't drink doesn't like he's really serious doesn't like Jewish people well, so I'll get to that. Yeah. But, but uh, when when they were forming the group, Professor Griff was like, "I can't be in. I can't be in a group with Flavor Flav. Like he's he's the opposite of everything I stand yeah, yeah. for." Yeah, crackhead, right? And he would talk about how like when they'd be on tour, like Flavor Flav would just disappear during the day, and yeah. it would be like Flavor Flav would be out stealing cars in like in oh, Europe crap. and shit, and then he would just show up to the shows drunk as fuck. Yeah. And then, uh, but you know, he went on stage and always performed, right? Yeah. And so apparently, um, uh, fucking dude from Def Jam, um, Rick, Rubin? Rick Rubin, when Rick Rubin came to meet Public Enemy and came to sign them, yeah. he wanted to sign Public Enemy without Flavor Flav. Oh, really? And Chuck D said, no way. Yeah. And, you know, because they There's probably just saw him as, yeah, like they were helping this guy yeah. out, you know, and he's part of the group or whatever. And so, yeah, and then later on, yeah, the uh, Professor Griff said um, said some anti-Semitic remarks. He said, yeah, I've read a lot about that, just because it seems like every time you read anything about Public Enemy, that comes up. Right? Yeah, he, he said that uh, there, it's, he said, I think it, he said there's, it's not a coincidence that the word jewelry has the word Jew yeah. in it or something. Yeah. I don't even really understand what the hell he's talking about. But then in that other song after that, that there's those lines that are supposedly, um, hey, welcome to Terradome. Mm-hmm. There's those lines that people thought like, "Oh, Chuck D is all agreeing with him after he already kicked him out of the band," you know? Yeah. So Chuck, yeah, after he said that, Chuck D kicked kicked him, him out of the band because they didn't want to be associated with that. Yeah. Because they're all they're already getting so much heat for being because people thought they were, I don't know, if reverse racists. Well, they were anti-Semites. Right. But that was yeah. But then after they kicked him out, there was that line in the song right um, where they talk about uh, uh, crucifixion ain't no fiction. Oh yeah, and that whole bit, and then people were like, "Oh, you actually are anti-Semites," and then like he's yeah, obviously he's not yeah, but, yeah. So, but anytime I think when you take a stance and you're militant about it, people are gonna yeah, if, come if, down if, on you for sure. Them. I mean, it sucks for I mean, I guess the good thing about Flavor Flav doing just reality shows is he's not going on there saying something that would I mean, he's acting like an idiot. Yeah, but he's not saying. I mean, it's not like here's Flavor Flav's political hour. You know what I mean? Or he's going to be yeah. saying stuff that doesn't go with what the group's yeah. kind of messages. And I guess that's what that stuff was, like Professor Griff stuff. Was. Oh, another interesting thing about Professor Griff, dis- despite his anti-Semitism, I yeah. hope he's not actually. But who knows? I don't know. But he was also called the uh, Minister of Information. And when I used to read the the like CD. Um, Inlets? Yeah. Liner notes? Liner notes? Inserts? Not inlets. They're not bodies of water. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I was like, why is he the Minister of Information? I always thought it was really cool, but I always thought it was made up. Like, it didn't actually mean anything. But the the truth is, he would actually do research and give books to Chuck D to read, and then Chuck D would write the lyrics about the information. I like that. Yeah. Um, That's really neat, actually, yeah. Yeah, so I, I could go on forever about Public Enemy, so we could, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, that was a good song. Um, yeah. Burn Hollywood Burn. Burn Hollywood Burn, yeah. Cool. Yeah, we didn't even get to that uh, documentary or something we were talking about before the podcast oh, started. Oh, film? No, no, we oh. did talk about that one. Which one, which one are you talking about? Oh, no, I'm not so sure. Maybe that was it. No, what, 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 
Uh, the Art of Rap, he talked about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, the XT documentary, right? The Art of Rap. Okay. That's what we were okay. talking about, right? I don't know. Where have you been? <laughs> I don't know. I think I just don't know from most of the conversation. Uh, I was going to pay a lot of attention to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like last time his themes were not this song's themes. <laughs> this one has the word fire in it. John's just like sitting around. He's like, all right, I'm on the radio. Thanks for coming by. He's like, I'm yeah. staring yeah. at a blank wall. Yeah. Uh, He's like staring at that picture of a banana peel or whatever it is. That's, that's <laughs> taped to the wall. Yeah. <laughs> the, only, the only picture in John's apartment is taped to the wall. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a banana peel, like it's rotting or something. Is it like a towel? No, it's um, <laughs> batik painting. You're a towel. <laughs> what does it say? Something up top there? Nope. What's this? It says Pookies. Yeah, it yeah, might say, say Pook. Pook. What does it say at the bottom? The artist name? Yeah. What year is it? Who's the artist? Is that 2006? Yeah, it's from Indonesia. I mean, I'm not, I don't dislike it. It just looks like a banana. That's a good interpretation. I, I thought it would be a volcano because there's some yeah, volcanoes yeah. there. I don't dislike it either. I think you should, I just think it's funny that it's taped. It's our, I can't. I'm not gonna build a picture frame. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I, I was going. Where do you just buy a picture frame from like Value Village or something for thirty five cents? I don't know. <laughs> I actually didn't realize it. When you did tape to the wall, I was thinking, oh yeah, you probably just taped the corners, but no, the whole frame. No, no, I taped <laughs> the frame. <laughs> tape frame. Tape. <laughs> it's pretty cool, actually. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. DIY it's art, bro. Should I left part of the frame on the door over there? I forgot about that. <laughs> Alright, should we play another tune? Oh, yeah. Good, I'm gonna play. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> yeah. uh, Why are we doing this? I don't know. John's obviously not paying attention. No, I got like a soccer game. Really soon. Yeah. Alright, well, so I'm gonna play an Animal Collective song. Oh, yeah. Uh, a band who I'm pretty into. Yeah. I like them quite a bit. I actually, like, I thought I, this is, um, I thought I knew what they sounded like, and I thought I liked what they sounded like. And mm-hmm. then I heard some other stuff that was completely different than what I... So, I mean, I, I do like some of what I heard of their stuff, but I, I found that other stuff I listened to was just not for me at all. So okay. I kind, I, of know, a, I kind of agree. Like, there's some Animal Collective songs I really love, but um, I've never been able to listen to any of their albums all the way yeah. through. I actually, I actually like Panda Bear solo better than I like Animal Collective. I can't say that I know enough of their stuff to be able to, like, even tell you... Yeah, because like, so they have a lot of older stuff that can get really experimental. I think I, when I heard whatever it was that I heard the first time that I liked was like really kind of like raw sounding and weird and yeah. like uh, kind of like loud. But and then some of their albums are only like Panda Bear and the guitarist, I think. Some, some of the albums are just those two. Yeah. Um, I, some I, of it's the whole group. Now I think the, the guy who used to just do sound stuff, I don't think he's making music with them Okay. these days. So yeah, it's, it's, it's I, quite I a kind variety. Of, like, I feel bad saying this because like they probably do some good stuff and I know a lot of people who... Uh, have good taste in music who like them, so I mean, I'm just not into their catalog. I don't know too much about them, but I kind of associate them with like, like hipsters, you know, like Pitchfork. Like pitchfork, yeah. And like I hate Pitchfork. Well, because Pitchfork like adores anything that. But it just seems like one of those bands that, and this might be completely ignorant. It probably is, but like one of those bands that like, you kind of it's on a checklist of like I'm going to become a hipster, listen to any rock, yeah. And this is like what, and then that's not fair. Them, like, yeah, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's the case now, but for sure like 2008, like it was for sure. Well, think about when the last yeah. time I went out was. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, for sure back then it was like the the type you know you'd read Enemy and you'd read yeah. Pitchfork and you had a like hipster checklist like glasses with no frame or with yeah. no lenses check. Tight that wasn't a real thing, check. was it? The glasses oh, with no lenses. That's still a thing. People know. I like yeah. Go, they don't, they actually should, don't have. What's the point? It's it's you know it's becoming a thing here, but like Winnipeg, 
on takes a little yeah it takes time. a little time to catch up but like you go to you go to Toronto or Montreal like two or three years ago everyone had glasses that didn't have like that's they have lenses but they're not real yeah, lenses they're just yeah okay that's a little bit I, yeah I don't mind wearing, lame, but I mean, someone wearing glasses for style I, but I think like no lenses it's just like what's the point just frames anyway yeah I kind of like I kind of I kind of agree with John to a point it's like why why do I care if someone's just because everything's a fashion yeah, 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 like yeah, you yeah, wear sure. everything to look cool like it's not like you're just throwing on any shirt or anything. I think that I care because I don't get it <coughs> and it's like I see something especially me because I, I mean you know you guys still go out to like shows and stuff a lot more than I do right and like but I see things that bother me because I don't understand them <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like this is what happens. You're already an old man. So. Why well, have a kid? Sam's <laughs> really... been an old man for. No, I got one kid. I got a kid yeah. on the way. Like you know, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not cool. I'm not hip. I'm you know. I, was... I think you're cool. Well, thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. But but what I was what I'm thinking <laughs> is like I was looking at these pictures on the internet of these kids like with face tattoos, and I was horrified. I mean, I've still seen face tattoos and stuff before, but like it seems like. That's like no foresight. No, it's not. I, but I wonder if it's become... Because I used to be like, when people get like ex- tattoos like that, it's like, how are you going to get a job? <laughs> I think, but but, but at was, the same time, it's probably becoming more acceptable that in 10 years, people will just have face tattoos and work at the bank. Yeah, and I think <laughs> that the face tattoo is that's kind of the... It's gone past the point where I understand it. Like, I have no, I have no problem with people having tattoos. I right? get tattoos wherever you want. But when people have tattoos all over the place and people started getting weird ones and stuff, whatever, I don't care. But then all of a sudden, it moved on to like hand, neck, and face tattoos... And that's where I stopped getting it. Like, I stopped understanding, like, okay, I see why someone would want a tattoo. Then, you want a tattoo on your eye? Why? Like, and that's, and that's the new thing. You know what I mean? Like, and then the glasses with the rims. Yeah. I understand the thick glasses, right? Like, you know, I had those, uh, you know. Um, I don't understand tattoos, period. I, I, was would, working, I, I, would, oh, I would never get a tattoo. No, sorry. I was working with a kid recently who, I was helping him write a resume. Yeah. And he had a tattoo on his hand. Yeah, that doesn't help. Okay? No, and so, and he's telling me, yeah, I'm thinking about getting another tattoo. I said, oh, what are you going to get? He's like, Oh, something on my neck. I was like, "What?" Gonna get like a gun. On First, get one on your hand, then the neck. Like this is what the bothers, two places that this like, is what bothers me. Gonna get in the way. I, I, I don't have any tattoos, right? I don't. I don't. Maybe I'm not. I'm not. You know, what the tattoos. What you do? What you're supposed to do with them? But my understanding has <laughs> always been that, like, if you get them tattoos, you get them places that can be covered up. First, at least. I mean, I know people yeah. have millions of them, right? Like covered in them, and they have. I know people with neck tattoos and head tattoos and shit. But they only have those because they tattoo everywhere else. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, I, I see kids now. I saw an 18, like an 18-year-old kid with a mole. Like, you know, he's got a neck tattoo and he's wearing a t-shirt. And there's no other visible tattoos anywhere. He's got this giant hideous thing on his neck. And it's just like, it, that's what's cool now, though, apparently. You see kids like yeah. that all the time with face tattoos and hand tattoos. It seems like, ta- it's like, like, it seems like tattoos have become like a lot more hip in the past few years. Yeah. like, if you think about like the, when we were in high school, like in the 90s, like, tattoos weren't really that big of a deal. Like, Kurt Cobain didn't have tattoos, or like... He won. Did he? Well, yeah, I mean, like... Records logo. Okay, but like, it's not like, it's not like these, you know, but now it's like every well, pop star has, like, tattoos covered in tattoos. And right? the good thing I was thinking of, too, is that, like, I was reading this thing that, I mean, I didn't necessarily agree with, but it was, uh, that shitty rap, my, the source, they put out a, like, best, or no, it was XXL, best rap songs of the 90s. I mean, that's kind of the era that I listen to most rap from. So I bought the magazine, this is like last year or whatever. And I was looking through the thing, and it's noticeable that as you get closer to the end of the decade, they start having more tattoos. Yeah. Like, you see the pictures of the guys, and like, you know, like Wu-Tang, and RZA has the Wu-Tang tattoo. Maybe a couple other guys, just like Method Man, right? He's got yeah. a couple things. But that's it. 
Yeah. Like they, they're all, you know, and now you see like any rap sleeves like, and stuff, sleeves and face and neck, and it's like. And I don't understand when those people who like don't have any tattoos, and yeah. then the next day they have a full sleeve. Yeah, no, it's like I first know. of all, that costs so much money. So much money. And like, holy shit! Like, what do you try like dipping your toe in the pool first? Yeah. You know, instead of just well, fucking. And the other thing I read, I read an article on the internet the other day about like Lil Wayne. Obviously, he's a million tattoos. He got the word. Uh, what was it? It was like stoned or something, something stupid like that, tattooed on his head, like in big <laughs> letters. It wasn't stoned, it was something implying he was stoned, though. It was like, uh, I don't know. And it's just like, that's retarded. Like, it's offensive to retarded people to call that retarded. Like, it's, you know, it's like, what are you doing? I mean, I know he's already got a billion other ones, but... So then I read the article, and it was like, uh, it linked to some fan site about him or whatever, and it had pictures of all his tattoos. It's just like, what are you doing? Like, what <laughs> No, and it's, but the thing is, like the tattoos used to be like this kind of edgy thing yeah. that, like you know, yeah, bike, nothing bikers would have. No, yeah, it's like, now yeah. anybody has them. Like yeah. I feel like we are rare in our age group even that we don't have tattoos. Most people I don't have tattoos. My We're wife edgy has tattoos without the t- having not having any. More tattoos. women than men that I know have tattoos. Yeah. My girlfriend has tattoos. Yeah, my wife has tattoos. Almost, I was thinking about this. I was talking about this with my parents because they hate tattoos. They hate tattoos. Like they get so like angrily mad about anyone having them. At okay, all. and uh, for some reason, and like. They were saying, like, you know, why would anyone get tattoos? And I was like, you know, people are going to be parents, their kids are going to see them, whatever. And I was thinking about it, and almost every mother that I know who's our age has tattoos. Like, it's totally common. And that's like, you know, a mom isn't necessarily someone you think of who's going to be like a sailor or like a biker or something. Wait, did a mom, mom gets a tattoo that says mom? On her belly. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like it's, it's it's not tough. I mean, not that moms are tough, but you know what I mean. Like it's like that's moms not, are the toughest. They are, but it's not. It's not the type of thing you're expecting. Like you know what Get I mean. Like, else prove Twenty it. years ago, you wouldn't see like a bunch of like twenty something, thirty something mothers having a bunch of tattoos all over the place, right? Yeah. I kind of make uh like it used to be like maybe ten years ago if, if you got a tattoo, I, I'd probably be ambivalent about it. I wouldn't. Yeah. Now when I see people with tattoos, I kind of like make judgments about how them being dumb. You, yeah. Depending what just, it is and where it is. No, there's yeah. way too much like you'd ask someone, why did you get that? And, and they like, don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, I just kind of thought it was cool. It's like. It's in a language they don't understand. That's. It's like, there's actually a website. Um, this guy's a blog. Oh, where it's translated. This Chinese guy is a blog, and he, uh, him and the other guys who speak other Asian languages, people send in the pictures of their friends' tattoos and their tattoos saying, like, I got this 20 years ago, I have no idea what it says. And the guy will explain what it actually says. Mm-hmm. And 90% of it is based on this Chinese font that isn't real that all these tattoo stories use where they've. Like connected a letter in English to a letter a letter in Chinese, which really? doesn't exist, right? Because the characters you're not gonna have like if you wanted to get my name, I'm not gonna get, match. It's yeah. not gonna be three symbols, or it's not gonna be S A M because there's not an S and an A. And like, so millions of people have these stupid tattoos. They're trying to get their name, but it ends or up. whatever word they want to get, like hope or something on there, and it's like I remember I just read this article this week. I just remembered about this woman in L A who walked into a tattoo shop yeah. and got a. Like Drake, I've seen it. I've seen the picture. Oh, I saw it too. Yeah, and like, yeah. wow, and like, <laughs> you are. And, and the guy was like, and they like, they were, I read this interview with the guy who did it, and they're like, did you ever think about not doing it or like? Yeah. Right. And he's like, he said he, his policy was to ask them three times to make sure they want to do it, and then just whatever they're paying for it. Right? But then, but she also, but he also said that she was fucking like high as fuck, which that oh. that should be like. That should be a policy of tattoo shops. It's like if, you, if the person's notab- noticeably inebriated, you shouldn't you do don't it, yeah, give them a tattoo. Because they're going to stupid, yeah. But, but like, I don't know. I, I mean, mean, that woman's like more than just high on drugs. She obviously has mental issues to get Drake tattooed on her forehead. But at the same time, um, 
there's people who would probably argue with you that she's not necessarily high, and there's nothing wrong with getting drink tattooed in your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's, I agree with you, right? But there's people who those will people say, have other stupid things. People have other stupid shit tattooed in their head and their eyes and like, on their forehead, but it's not it's not like little. It's just it's drink across her forehead. forehead. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I mean, like <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I know this is totally off topic, but it's interesting. It's an interesting subject because, like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. Like, I, I've often thought, yeah, it would be cool to get a tattoo. I kind of wish we had someone here who has tattoos. Right. Because yeah. it's like, we, none of us have tattoos and yeah. we're all kind of like not into them, but it'd be yeah. nice to have someone uh, who, who could defend them. Who has them. a lot of them, you know? Like, yeah. Can... Yeah, but that's the thing. is like, some people can, exp- you know, there's something behind each one. There's some significance. Yeah. Then there are people yeah. who just, there's nothing there. There's no You know, reason. and like, almost, even if it's like a shitty tattoo, at least if they have a reason for it, yeah. I can almost like respect that more than just like, you know, Something uh, I don't know. Some people doing dumb stuff. Like, I mean, even people with like Dave's Garrick, right? He's got a lot of tattoos, and some of them are ridiculous, like absolutely ridiculous. Like he got a homemade one done by his friend when he was drunk. That is a block of tofu, and it says the word tofu, and there's an arrow pointing to it. And there's like a little pool of water dripping at the bottom, and it looks like it was done by a four year old. Like, it, but at the same time, like it. He does eat a lot of tofu. He eats a lot of tofu. He's he got another tattoo that says vegan on the whole inside of his arm. Like, you know, that's what he's about. It's like I can't fault him. I actually think it's funny. Like it's. But if you got and it's his, among many others. If you it's got like on, if you got on his head, I'd be like you're a moron. Like, yeah. You know, I would I would be offended like for him. You know, like so. I don't know. I just I don't know. I don't know what I would. T- I don't know why. Like, what would possess <laughs> me to put a permanent mark on my body? Yeah. I just don't get it. But yeah, I don't know. Even people who get like their kids' names tattooed on them, like you know. I, I unnecessary. It's unnecessary, man. I don't want kids. But it's like yeah. even 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 like someone who gets like vegan, you know, saying it's like you know, I just I always want to be vegan. Like right now, these are my principles. I never want to go against my principles. Yeah. But it's like, you, what if people you change? change? It's like the strange stuff we're talking about in the drugs episode. Yeah. Like I've seen pictures on the internet because I was I actually looked up face tattoos. I just searched for face tattoos because I after reading this little Wayne article, I'm like, okay, this is the dumbest face tattoo I've ever seen. But wait, I have the internet. This is obviously not the dumbest face tattoo ever. <laughs> so I typed in face tattoos, and then it linked to, like, this Tumblr thing where everyone just posted a thing tagged as a face tattoo. So it was, like, I, didn't, I looked through, like, whole pages of it. And there's dumb shit. Like, people have, like, incredibly... Yeah. And straight-edge stuff. Like, it says, like, true till death on the guy's forehead, and, like, X's under his eyes and stuff. And it's just, what if you want to drink one day? Like, yeah. how do you can't hide that? You know, it's not, like... And it, well, it's like, it, it seems like the, the least progressive thing ever to, to just stick to your principles that you decided on one day and then just never change your mind. Well, you can't if you have a tattoo on your head. Right, so it's like, you, you're probably, you're like, you're the, you're the person who's like, no one can have a conversation with because no, no matter what, you cannot see the other person's side because well, you have you a tattoo on your, your fucking yeah, you head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, what if, and especially when you see 18-year-olds and stuff, because people's views change so much. Like, when you're 18, yeah, yeah. like, fuck. And when people get bands and stuff tattooed on them, it's just like, oh, that's not good. Like, you're not going to like that band. You, know, ten, you might, you might, but... Do people do that? Get banned? People totally do that, yeah. I can see getting, like, your, your own band. Talking with Dave again. He has a public enemy tattoo. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I would do that. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> but, I mean, and that's an example of a band that you're probably going to always like, right? Yeah. But, I mean, still, it's like... I, uh, I always thought when I was younger, the only way I'd get a tattoo is if I went to jail or I somehow became a member of Wu-Tang. Yeah, then you get the huge Wu Tang. Do you know what though? Um, Wu Tang. Uh, I don't know if you have you seen their like their blog they have. No. Wu Tang has a blog. I think where's a like writes things occasionally for it, and other guys probably run it for them. But every week they have like a pic. They have picture sections. One of the, one of the picture sections is just like girls wearing Wu Tang gear, and then the other one is people with Wu Tang tattoos, 
And there is like hundreds and thousands of white people. I've seen that because I because I follow uh, on Facebook, right? On Facebook, yeah. Yeah, and the amount of people who obviously have no connection to them whatsoever with giant Wu Tang tattoos. And I mean, I I, I love Wu Tang, you know. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the music, but I, I don't think I would. I don't love them that much, you know. Yeah. I don't even like. I'm not going to get a Mars Volta tattoo or something. Or like, I'm not gonna, yeah. even Black Flag. They have a great logo. I love yeah. Black Flag. Like, I, it's a cool tattoo. They do have a great logo. Who came up with that? Do you know? Yeah, the art, the art, uh, Pettibone. The guy who designed all the art covers. And he's, uh, what's his face? His uh, guitarist brother. Oh. But, um, there's actually a book and a documentary, um, called, uh, Bard for Life or something. Mm. And it's about people with black flag tattoos. Because mm. so many of them. But, yeah. anyway, no, uh, this is like way off. Because we're talking about people being hipsters and. The one thing I, I noticed... We're talking about Animal Collective. Have you ever played the song yet, have we? No. Alright. Okay, the only last thing I want to say about people with tattoos that I don't like is... <laughs> I've, noticed, I've got three more to say. Yeah. I've noticed that, like... When, I, when we were, like, teenagers, right? People who had tattoos would typically have, like, a couple colors. It would be, you know, usually, like, a blue-blue kind of color or black thing. Now it seems like everyone who has a tattoo has 600 neon. It's super, super bright. It looks like a cover of an emo album. You know what I mean? Like... It's just the splash of everything everywhere. And I, I don't know. Is that going to look cool when you're 80? I know this guy who... I think uh, blue still will look cool. I know this guy who's, who's a cool guy. I don't want, I don't want to, like, uh, disparage him. But he's got he's got all these... He's got, I think, five now of tattoos of horror horror movie, um, oh, yeah. like, bad guys. So he's got, like... The one that stands out the most, because it's on his forearm and it's full color, is... Um, the the clown from it, oh, yeah, and it's it's kind of weird to have a picture of a clown on your forearm yeah. for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really weird. It's such a creepy clown like that. Like, it's cool though. But down here we all float. <laughs> is that from that movie? Yeah, it's book, yeah. It's really good book. It's really messed up. I kind of whatever. Let's play the song. Let's not get. I was about to get into Stephen King. Yeah, we can talk about Stephen King after. Yeah. Okay, rant on. So this uh, song. Okay, yeah. Is Fireworks by Animal by Collective <laughs> off the album by uh, Fire? No, by Katy Perry. Oh. <laughs> off of uh, How come no one played Arcade Fire, John? <laughs> I don't listen to it. Good, thank you. Uh, yeah, off the album Strawberry Jam. Alright. That, uh, yeah, I listened to quite a bit. That album cover is disgusting. Yeah, I was reading about the album today and uh, I was inspired by a plane trip and opening some jam on a plane. What's the album cover? It's a picture of strawberry jam. Strawberry jam, jam like, really looks like blood or something. It's really funny, perhaps. Pretty uh, gooey. Alright, let's check it out. Alright, we'll delete all of this when we put this on the website because it's so boring. Track. 
Alright, that was uh, Fireworks by Animal Collective. It sounded like two songs were playing at once. It did, yeah. Yeah, well, and I think there's a. Uh, I think they did, would mix songs up like. in a live setting. I've never seen them live, but like they'll have like a song like that, and then part, part of the way through where it starts getting kind of like. kind of chopped up a bit, they'll go into something else and then they'll Are they. Back. Are they playing live instruments, or is a lot of it like samples of them playing Let's, live instruments or something, or how does that work? Uh, I think more and more they've been using just like samples. I think and, I saw a picture of them like playing that. something. They had like a bunch of laptops. Yeah, I yeah. Know. I think because they they used to play just like they would live have live drumming quite yeah. a bit and guitar, and yeah, I don't know what their most recent stuff, but it's, it sounds more and more like it's just stuff uh, layered and yeah. and looped. Yeah, because they have the one album with the optical illusion cover. What's that one? That's like purple and green. That's like you look at it. And it's oh, like, Mary Weather, Quotes mm-hmm. Million. Yeah, that's, that's the one after this. And is, that's the one I like. I yeah, like that's that the most pop-y album. Like, is it? Yeah. Uh, and this one has some songs. Like this, the song is pretty long and kind of has a, some yeah trippier moments. Some of Yeah. Uh, but yeah, some pretty like poppy songs. I say. I think this was one of the singles. I always thought the coolest thing about Animal Collective is that they're from Baltimore. Are they? I don't know why I think that's cool, but I do. It's, I guess it's probably because of the wire. Who is, there's some trying to convince me about the scene in Baltimore recently. Yeah, actually. I know Baltimore's pop, is it? Yeah. Which I would have what kind of, suspected. What kind of, what kind of music? Uh, it's like hip stuff. <laughs> I'd like to go to Baltimore. Would you? I'd like to go up the whole East Coast. Go get murdered? Yeah. Is it body more Buy some that? crack. Yeah, yeah. Buy yeah. some crack and then drive it to uh, Florida. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, Florida's for. Just for a fucking thrill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to do something yeah. with my fucking life. Go to Baltimore and buy crack, different crack in Florida. And then just drive into the ocean and forget about this fucking land dwelling life. Yeah. Grow some gills. <laughs> fucking swallow all the water into my lungs and fucking feel that euphoria yeah. that I've read about in books. For a few seconds until... Until it's all over and I can sleep peacefully like yeah. the, the prince that I am. Since the people reading the books are so familiar with the euphoria when you die, right? In those um, Choose Your Own Adventure books. Yeah. You get melted by ghost blood. Yeah. It's the best death ever. Is that from a Choose Your Own Adventure? I guess it would melt you, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why do ghosts have blood? Well, I don't know. To melt people. To melt people, yeah. I don't know, ghosts are cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like ghosts. Is there going to be another theme? No, but it's just theme of everything. <laughs> that's, that's the overarching <laughs> theme of yeah. this whole yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. The meta theme. Yeah. So I don't know, do we have anything to say about that song? It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was alright, yeah. yeah. They, they did sound like two songs of doing a bunch of stuff on top of each other. They have a, yeah, I think they have a lot of stuff like that where they start with a sample, and then the sample's kind of there throughout the song, but there's something else that... Didn't... What was the title of the song again? Fireworks? Fireworks. What does it have to do with the lyrics? I couldn't really... Uh, not much. There's just like, it's mentioned in the song. It's just like a way of naming a song. So it's not like the song's about fireworks. It's yeah, about, just, you know, let's call it life and people. Yeah. Cool. The Animal Collective kind of... All their songs are about life and people and human emotions. And, yeah, and the, the <laughs> some of them do a better job than others of kind of being uh, <laughs> the human condition. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's their overarching theme. Okay, we don't have much time. We should play another song, I guess. Should we get one one yeah. more out of the way? Yeah, is it me? You yeah. Okay, I'm gonna play "Blood and Fire" by Ninety The Observer, and Ninety The Observer is um, a producer in the early 70s 
in Jamaica, and he did vocals on this track. I mean, he did vocals in a few songs, but he was really more of a producer than a singer. And this is his kind of big, biggest hit, if you, if you can even call it a hit. It's 1971, I think. And yeah, it's awesome. It's uh, really, really soul influenced. Like, it's still identifiably reggae beat, but it's like the vocals he's doing, like James Brown kind of kind of grunts and yelps and stuff. It's cool. Cool. So, right. Blood and Fire, 90 The Observer. Don't quit. 